Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially, Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. It is looking like the Supreme Court is going to rule in Trump's favor the high court is indicating that they find this this argument of Trump inciting an insurrection as a reason to ban him from the ballot is uh, they're very skeptical of it. I don't think they're I don't think they're very convinced. And actually, dear, we have some sound cuts from the oral arguments. We should play a couple of them before we uh, play this cut from Chris Murphy, which I'm just dying to get to. Can I have Chief Justice John Roberts? Um, and as I mentioned, this this attorney who's who is arguing on behalf of the voters in Colorado who want to boot Trump from the ballot, he was talking about how it's indisputable what Trump did on January 6th. And right there, I was like, you know, I'm not a legal scholar, I'm not an attorney. I don't even play one on TV. But I don't appreciate people telling me that something's indisputable when the entire conversation around it, Jared, around January 6th, is being disputed. Like every every person who talks about January 6th is disputing it. Do, what does it mean? What did it, what did he actually do? Is he responsible for this? He hasn't been charged with anything. He hasn't been convicted of anything. So yeah, there's a lot of people who are debating whether or not Trump incited an insurrection. And just because Jason Murray, the attorney for Anderson, Colorado, thinks that it's indisputable, I'm not convinced. And apparently, neither is Chief Justice John Roberts. Can I have cut 15, please? I mean, the whole point of the 14th Amendment was to restrict state power, right? States uh, shall not abridge privileges immunity. They won't deprive people of property without due process. Um, They won't deny uh, equal protection. And on the other hand, it augmented federal power under Section 5. Congress has the power to enforce it. So wouldn't that be the last place that you'd look for authorization for the states, including Confederate states, uh, to enforce, implicitly authorized, to enforce the presidential election process? That that seems to be a position that is at uh, at war with the whole thrust of the 14th Amendment and very ahistorical. Yeah. And there's a lot more of this. There's cuts of Brett Kavanaugh also doing the same thing, knocking down some key points that Jason Murray was trying to make. Um, and we will keep you posted as we find out more about this decision from the Supreme Court. And also something I wanted to talk about here quickly is Chris M- Murphy. He's the senator, the Democrat senator from Connecticut. He actually reminds me of like the Senate's Dan Goldman. He's an empty suit. He loves to grandstand. He loves to virtue signal. And he was talking about this bipartisan, bipartisan border bill that the Democrats are claiming is just, it's crucial in order for them to do anything when it comes to the border. And it's going to make such a difference, you know, as opposed to what we're doing now. If we pass this bill and we send $60 billion to Ukraine and we give the asylum officers pay raises, then we'll only allow 5,000 illegal aliens into the country a day. 
That's the kind of change that this border bill at a very high cost would bring us. 5,000 illegal aliens a day. And so Senator Chris Murphy goes on with, don't tell me, Jared, don't tell me his name, MSNBC. I know his name. Is it also Chris? Chris Hayes. Chris Hayes. Oh, I still got it. Y'all thought that mom brain was going to get me. You were wrong. He goes on with Chris Hayes and they're talking about how and, and we could we could spend an entire segment on how Chris Hayes's point is so dumb. Chris Hayes is actually trying to argue that Democrats were giving Republicans everything in this bill. Oh, they oh, oh, so it's you think by giving Republicans everything, it's a small fraction of the money being sent to the border and sixty billion dollars being sent to Ukraine. That doesn't sound like something Republicans, except for maybe Mitch McConnell. And James Langford want. But Chris Hayes tells Chris Murphy, oh, you know, the strategy was to give Republicans everything they wanted. And now normally this cut wouldn't even come across my desk because it's just one liberal telling another liberal everything's the Republicans fault. It's nothing new. But Chris Murphy accidentally says his inside thought out loud. And you got to listen. You got to really listen to this. But take a listen to the senator from Connecticut. The negotiation didn't have a path to citizenship. It was entirely on their terms in order to get Ukraine funding, right? Well, I mean, Chris, that's been a failed play for 20 years. So you are right that that has been the Democratic strategy for 30 years, maybe. Uh, And it has failed to deliver for the people we care about most, the undocumented Americans that are in this country. This is also not 2013 any longer when we. Okay, so there's a I have a few questions. I just want to reiterate the fact that the people you care, the people that because he's speaking for all Democrats at this point, he says the people we care about most, the people they care about most are the illegal aliens in this country. That tracks. And you know what, From based off what we heard from the, um, the elected official in South Portland yesterday who was saying that illegal aliens should take precedence when it comes to uh, getting housing over veterans, it does track. Jared's right. It does make perfect sense that in the minds of these Democrats, illegal aliens are treated better than American citizens and deserve more than American citizens. We've heard that before. But you know what part of this I love? Undocumented Americans. That's a new one on me. I think Chris Murphy, he deserves an award for that. That is a completely new term as far as I've heard. Maybe Howie's heard it before, but I have never heard someone say undocumented Americans. Uh, And it has failed to deliver for the people we care about most, the undocumented Americans that are in this country. And that's where I really differ from liberals, because I think a lot of liberals out there are okay with that. Like a lot of people in my town, and I'm not trying to call it my town, but it's just, it's kind of the cliche, you know, wealthy, liberal. It's us, not all of it's liberal. I don't think it's probably as liberal as Wellesley, but it's along those lines. And it's, it's funny how a lot of people, I think, are okay with voting for politicians who they know don't think that they should come first. Or, or don't think America should come first or American citizens, citizens should come first. And they're OK with that. And, and maybe it makes them feel better, it, like assuages some of that uh, white guilt or 
Uh, I, I don't know. But Chris Murphy's telling you that you are not as important as undocumented Americans. That's illegal aliens. And you shouldn't have to have Chris Murphy tell you it because you should just be able to tune into the news and see what's happening and see how, you know, the kids in, for example, Roxbury are getting kicked out of the recreation center so they can bring in illegal aliens to live there. Which, by the way, I guess that's full up now and it's already a problem of finding more places. So great job. Wow. So it didn't. It didn't end there. It didn't magically solve all the problems somehow. Who could have seen that one coming? And then you have in New York City, they have kids, they're booting kids out of schools and gymnasiums so they can put in illegal aliens there. So the, the their actions are speak even louder than their words, but their words are speaking pretty loud at this point. That, that's the part of it that blows my mind. It's like, yeah, their actions speak louder than their words, but they're telling you with their words. American citizens less than undocumented Americans. It's just just what Chris Murphy wants you to know. All right. And by the way, it makes sense to me why Joe Biden, there was a Gallup poll today about how the Democrats are losing support with black people and with Hispanics. And it makes sense to me because Hispanics in this country aren't thrilled with illegal immigration either. They're not thrilled with people coming in unvetted, going into their communities. And, you know, sometimes there's crime. Sometimes there's assaults. Sometimes like what we saw in New York City, the uh, police officers are getting beat up. People are getting let out with no bail. And the Hispanic community doesn't like this either. And so you're starting to see that also affect Biden in the polls. And I'm telling you, if Biden loses Hispanic support and black support, he is going to be on life support as far as this election goes. That is a huge, huge part of his base. Now, let's also, when we come back, talk about a totally different story. But I would be so mad if I didn't get to this today because Jared pulled the sound and it is worth playing. Remember a couple of weeks ago, I think Taylor might have been filling in or, or something, and I read a story about a small town mayor. There was a small town, Illinois town, and there was a mayor there. And she got into a bit of trouble. Her name's Tiffany Henyard. She was elected the leader of Dalton. It's a village of 20,000 people. And she has since come under fire this is from the daily mail for what many see as her excessive spending i'm talking first class trips around the country hair and makeup teams she was living like a kardashian and not like kendall or kylie i'm talking like him i'm talking a billionaire kardashian the big leagues she was living it up and so the reason i bring this up again is because She recently was on video and she was slamming her critics, telling them they should be ashamed of themselves. This audio is chef's kiss, and we're going to play it for you when we come back. 844-500-4242. Recently, a Grace Curley Show listener named Candace, a lot of people heard this on the air, she called in and she said, I just got to tell you how much I love the thunderstorms. And she told us this little story about how she kept telling her husband, these thunderstorms, she bought two of them. She said, these thunderstorms are working so great. And he rolled his eyes. He's like, come on, Candace. And you really think they're working? Then they got their furnace serviced and cleaned. And all of a sudden, there was this weird oil smell. And 
Candace's husband said, this is a pain. I don't know how to get rid of it. And she said, let me try out the thunderstorms. So she plugged them in. And then within minutes, the smell was gone. And needless to say, Candace's husband is not rolling his eyes anymore because his wife was right. That's a good lesson for all the men out there. Your wife is probably going to be right. The best part is that these are easy to use. You plug them in. They don't take up a lot of floor space. They're quiet, but they're effective. And they don't try to cover up the smell with more smell. The job of the thunderstorm is not to cover up smell with perfumey flowers. It's to eliminate the smell. Totally get rid of it. And you want the thunderstorm, and right now you want the thunderstorm three pack. So how do you get it? Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Use code GRACE3. Never forget to use that code. You'll get a great deal. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. You can put one in your kitchen, your car, your basement to get rid of those musty damp smells. All you have to do is go to EdenPureDeals.com, code GRACE, and the number three, and we will be right back. Follow Grace on Twitter at G underscore Curly. This is the Grace Curley Show. I might have to save. I know people are going to roll their eyes and say, oh, I knew you're going to do this. But I might have to save the Tiffany stuff for after this segment. I just don't know if we'll have enough time. Today's poll question is brought to you by the NASA Beach Inn. Right now, you can stay at the NASA Beach Inn for under $200 this winter. Go to NossetBeachInn.com to book your pet-friendly ocean view room. That's NossetBeachInn.com. NossetBeachInn.com. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at GraceCurlyShow.com, is who do you think rigged Nevada against Nikki Haley? Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, Tucker Carlson, Russia, Ultra Mega MAGA, or no other candidate? No other candidate trounced Nikki Haley in Nevada, and it was so out of out of the blue. You know, nobody saw that one coming. And I don't know. I'm just skeptical of this no other candidate. They're, just, uh, they're giving me a bad vibe. I'm very skeptical. I, it's a political outsider, which we've seen happen before, usually means there's something nefarious going on. So I am going to go with none of the above, none of the candidates. 75% of the audience agrees with you. They say no other candidate. 12% for Russia, 9% for Ultra Mega Maga, 3% for Donald Trump, 1% for Tucker Carlson, and 1% for Ron DeSantis. And it's one thing, like Hillary Clinton complaining that the election was rigged against her when she didn't even go to Wisconsin. She couldn't even be bothered to campaign in some major swing states. Um, that was one thing, Jared. But to have Nikki Haley claim that this was rigged because she lost to the option that was anyone but you that's really a bad look that's it's like i'd like to say you're a sore loser but i don't think that does it justice so again nice work by our kfoy listeners yes yes indeed I i love it you guys made the effort and it paid off it paid off in a big way All right, we do have time for this. Let's go to the mayor here. This is Tiffany Henyard. She was elected leader of Dalton, a village of $20,000. You know what I'm going to need, Jared? 1,000 people. 
Oh, sorry, 20,000 people, yeah. A village of 20,000 people. There's a lot more money in this village than $20,000. Um, and I got to read you some of the details. While I do that, Jared, can you just get a little bit of that Fergie song? First class. I think I'm going to need that. The first female mayor of a tiny Illinois village slammed her critics at a public meeting after she caused outrage by taking a $300,000 salary. And that's like the least offensive thing that she's done, by the way. It amazes me. This is not the Daily Mail. This is Grace Curley talking. It amazes me the ego of people who are in a lot of trouble and in a lot of legal trouble. Like if I'm in legal trouble, I think the first thing they tell you is shut up. But there are certain politicians that rise above that advice. It doesn't matter how expensive their lawyers are. It doesn't matter how many people tell them, please be quiet. They're going to keep talking. They're going to keep pretending that they are a victim. And who comes to mind? Andrew Cuomo. Remember how many times he'd get on TV and he would make his situation worse? This woman, Tiffany Henyard, is not only not taking any responsibility, she's throwing the blame at at all of her critics. So let's play let's play a cut here from Tiffany. This is cut four. Y'all forget I am the leader. They want to hear from the mayor. If y'all ain't learned that yet. The mayor, not the trustees that don't do nothing. That only run their mouth. Y'all don't do no work. No work. And if you want to hear about a little bit of the work that Tiffany does, she regularly engages the services of a professional hair and makeup team and stylist before public appearances. She's the mayor. She's flying. She spends tens of thousands on multiple first class trips around the country. Well, once you fly first class once... It's like what Jerry Seinfeld tells Elaine. You can't go back. You're better off not knowing what first class is like, because once you know, once you taste the forbidden fruit, it's hard to revert back to the old ways. Tiffany also had photo shoots for the county's taxpayer-funded billboards. Well, that makes sense. You know, she's the mayor of a town of 20,000 people and she needs hair and makeup done so she can have a photo shoot to be on the billboards in the town. People read this story and said it sounds like something out of Parks and Rec. It really does. This sounds like it was just taken right from an episode of Parks and Rec. Glamorous Tiffany Henyard was elected leader of Dalton. So she says, since the initial reporting on Henyard's spending, it's been revealed that she and other officials spent more than $67,000 on trips to Portland, Austin, Atlanta, and New York City on the village's dime. Now, I'm so curious what business she had in New York City and Austin in order to be the mayor of this town in Illinois like what was was this company it had to be company business right it had to be something about the town so what was she doing there many of the flights were first class naturally well Henyard's team spent $13,000 in public money staying in New York only 13000 they must have gotten some kind of deal um, can I have cut five please but everything we do we do for the people but we under attack we getting scrutinized in the media. For what? Loving on the people? Showing them that they matter to us? We going through the fires for y'all. Is that what the hair and makeup squad was doing when they were doing her hair for the photo shoots? Was that her loving on the people? Or was that... Were the makeup sessions 
and the photo shoots and the first class flights. Would that fall into the category? I'm just trying to get the expenses down, Pat. Would that fall into the category of loving on the people or walking through the fire for the people? We've got more of these cuts when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. This is from Fox. It says, Grand Jury indicts seven in NYPD attack. Um, Eric Adams was just at a press conference. I believe he was talking about how the majority of the illegal aliens that are in New York City are law-abiding and um, really trying to, I'm sure, make excuses for the fact that this has happened under his watch it's pathetic. I cannot believe this is happening in the United States of America. They have the video playing right now. It's just horrible, just just horrible. And there's not nearly enough outrage. Um, and speaking of New York City, there's another story today about the Big Apple. It says over 60 anti-Israel protesters arrested for blocking NYC streets during Biden's fundraising visit. This is from the New York Post. The NYPD confirmed Thursday morning that 61 people were booked for their part in the disruptive disruptive demonstration on Fifth Avenue in Manhattan, and the whole crew was slapped with summonses for violations and then released. So these protesters from the organization Jewish Voice for Peace, that that, that organization is the common denominator in a lot of these demonstrations. Video of the unruly crowd shows attendees shouting free, free Palestine as multiple NYPD officers could be seen on the street. You know, I saw a great video in Red State and the the sound of it is not awesome. But if you can check it out, I might have put it on my recommended reading. Senator Josh Hawley is making his way through a Senate hallway and he gets confronted with one of these protesters. And it's amazing how... Some of these protesters, depending on the cause, because, you know, we see a lot of climate activists and now we're seeing a lot of Palestine activists um, and some of their arguments hold up better than others. When it comes to this anti-Israel standpoint, it's really easy to get it to just crumble. Like you don't have to be Josh Hawley's a very, very smart guy, but you don't have to be Josh Hawley. To just poke holes in their argument. So this woman confronts Josh Hawley about um, Gaza and how we need to stop sending money to Israel or stop supporting Israel or call for a ceasefire. And Josh Hawley just lays her out. He's like, I'm not going to call for a ceasefire. Israel has a right to defend itself. That saying that drives this woman completely insane. She starts screaming. It's a quick way to know you've won an argument is when someone has to start like a high pitched shrill scream. Actually, actually, and he says, I don't want to hear this. I I want Hamas to be completely eliminated. And you know what she said back to him, Jared? Hamas is never, that's never going to happen. That's never going to happen. And I wish he had looked at her and said, not with that attitude. Not with that attitude. It's not. like So this is what we're dealing with now. Okay, so you're of the, of the point of view that the terrorists who are running the government in Gaza and who want to see the elimination of the Jewish state, the elimination of the Jewish people, 
who started this on October 7th. And I know you could say it started a long, long time ago. But this current war that we're seeing, there was a ceasefire in place until October 7th when these savages went into the homes of Israelis and butchered the Jewish people. And your response is, well, Hamas is, you're never going to be able to eliminate them. I don't know if if it were your family that had their heads chopped off or if it was someone in your family who'd been raped and dragged around the town in the back of a truck. I don't know if you'd be so flippant about it. Like, I don't know if you'd be so quick to give up. That's never going to happen. So what, should they just surrender or should all the people in Israel just get ready for October 7th to happen again and again and again as the leaders of Hamas told the New York Times is what they wanted to happen? I think it was the New York Times. Don't quote me on that. But she says it's never going to happen. Hamas is never going to be eliminated. And again, it's like, no, not with that attitude. But some people think it's possible. And, and, I, and you can bet your ass that Bibi Netanyahu and people in Israel think it's possible. They're not going to be as quick to give up as these far-left radicals in the United States of America on, on eliminating Hamas. It's kind of their top priority right now. 844-500-4242. Um, there's other stories here, but I want to play one more cut here from Tiffany Henyard because this was a lighter story today. So Tiffany Henyard is railing against her critics. Now, she's in a lot of trouble. One of the things about this story, I, I didn't read it in this Daily Mail piece, but I read it originally, is that she put this rule in effect that if she won again, that the mayor was going to get like $300,000 a year. And if she lost then the pay dropped back down to whatever it was before. And I thought, ooh, not only is she greedy, but she's proactively bitter against whoever's going to beat her, you know? It's not just that I get all the money. It's that whoever comes in next is going to get diddly squat. So this woman is one of a kind, needless to say. So Tiffany Henyard is very upset that she's getting all this heat for having photo shoots, for billboards in the town, and for going on first-class trips to Austin and New York City and Portland. And this is my favorite cut. This is cut six. Y'all should be ashamed of y'all Y'all black. Y'all are black. And y'all sitting up here beating and attacking on a black woman that's in power. Y'all should be ashamed of y'all This is amazing because this is really the same argument that Fannie Willis was making, which is when she was speaking at that church right after, right after the story broke that she had hired her lover to be the lead prosecutor or part of the, the team that was prosecuting Donald Trump in the Fulton County case, that she was being attacked because she was a black woman. And this woman is looking at the other black people and saying, you should be ashamed for attacking me because you are also black. I did not realize that that's how things work now. That if you are a black woman, you cannot be criticized by anyone, but especially not by other black people who don't think you're doing a good job. The chutzpah, the chutzpah of Tiffany Henyard. All right, now, 844-500-4242. Before I go, uh, I definitely want to talk a little bit about John Kerry. Because I'm just going, I just have all these stories, Jared, that if I don't get to them now. It's the only choice for somebody like me. And there's kind of two things on this. It has to do with the the green grift 
And there's a lot to be said on that. But John Kerry is now facing oversight investigation and lawsuit over secretive office meetings with climate activists. So the Boston Herald was asking about how much people in John Kerry's office make. And they were kind of stonewalling them. And then finally they gave a number and it was absurd. I think he pays like his staff four million dollars. And but they wouldn't give out names of like what people's specific jobs were or even people's names in general. And so this is from Red State. It says the House Oversight Committee has launched an investigation into special envoy for climate, Kerry, for frequent frequently meeting with climate and environmental activists. Comer demanded unredacted documents and communication related to Kerry's collusion with leftist environmental groups, as well as information about Kerry's secretive office known as SPEC and the payroll. He's looking for everything since Kerry came in three years ago and demanding that they turn it over by February 21st. I have to wonder if a big part of this curiosity into Kerry, and obviously we always talk about how the green... The what what do you always call it, Jared? The green uh, is it like the green sector or the green scam or there's some word for it that you use, but that whole thing is just it's dying to be taken advantage of. It's dying for uh, people to use it to make money. And I give Kerry and some of these people credit because they fly around in private planes and then they make hand over fist money over implementing these stupid rules on all of us that make our lives worse. And they, they've made a business out of it. They've made a real business out of it. But he decides all of a sudden, it was weird too, like he decides all of a sudden, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back away from this. The timing of it's strange. And so I think it, for a lot of people and a lot of actual journalists, it kind of raised some antennas where people were going, why are you leaving all of a sudden? Why is Podesta coming in here? So this is from Comer. Documents received by the committee illustrate that the coordination and briefings are anything but ordinary. A two-way street exists for the purposes of obtaining off-the-record information, receiving climate finance consultation, and influencing U.S. foreign policy positions. If you know anything about John Kerry, he has no problem meeting with adversaries, especially during the Trump years, colluding with people to try to get his way, to try to push his policies or his ideology. We know that. Iran, you've read all the stories about that. Communications reviewed by the committee, Comer said, show groups asking for and receiving consultation from the Climate Envoy Office on strategic guidance for navigating funding gaps for climate-related finance action. That could be used to support possible wealth transfers or insider deals. Comer said he was particularly looking at meetings of the kitchen cabinet. That's what it's called, the kitchen cabinet. Comer said he was concerned about all of the -the off-the-record discussions with these groups. Why do all the climate groups have to have off-the-record discussions? Strange. The SPEC has a huge annual budget of about $13.9 million, and Kerry can hire 45 staffers. Yet there appears to have been no compliance with any oversight measures, which raises a lot of questions about potential conflicts of interest or influence peddling. The staff is getting six-figure salaries, and it costs more than $4 million per year. Now John Podesta is set to take over. This is from Red State, as I said. But the reason I bring this up is because Carrie's gotten away with this for a long time. Like making a lot of money off this, flying around in private planes. 
I asked the other day, I said, what does he do all day? Like John Podesta is taking on his job and John Podesta is not leaving his own post. So he's a White House advisor and he's like, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm just going to do both. Well, that's concerning to me. Why are people getting paid six figure salaries for jobs that you can do without changing anything? If someone can come in and take over your job and keep their own job, that makes me question how much you're actually doing. And all they, whenever they do come up with something, like I talked yesterday about the soot pollution um, and how the Biden administration put out a joint statement, or I'm sorry, the EPA put out a joint statement with climate activists. It's like these climate activists are colluding with these agencies and they're getting whatever they want. And what it's resulting in is just worse products for the American people and all of this red tape and all of these rules that we have to follow and they don't have to follow at all. And on that same note, Ford released their annual summary. And listen to this part of it. It says Ford models, Ford Model E's wholesales and revenue were both up at double digit full year rates. The startup segment included a full-year EBIT loss of $4.7 billion, reflecting an extremely competitive pricing environment along with strategic investments in the development of clean sheet next-generation EVs. So sale volumes of the F-150 Lightning pickup and Mustang Mach E SUV were both up year over year and respectively the top-selling electric pickup and number three most popular EV of any type. Now, this is from Red State. Despite incurring such losses, Ford CFO John Lawyer insisted that things are moving in the right direction. And it just talks about the optimism, the optimism, but they've had billions of dollars in losses on these electric vehicles. It's all just such a scam and people fall for it. I'd rather spend my money with Tiffany Henyard. You know, I I would rather Tiffany, I would rather Tiffany Henyard start a campaign to put her face on all the billboards across the country than give John Kerry another dime. Because I think that at least has a little bit of comic value to it. You know, we get some content out of it. John Kerry, it's just, you might as well set your money on fire. But he'll be mad about it. And by the way, speaking of environmental stuff, Jared, we should play one last cut before we go. Kamala Harris was talking about the big game this weekend. Take a listen to Cut 21. Go Niners. Done it before. Can do it again. And I'm rooting for that. Um, You know, I was just literally last night talking with my husband about what our menu will be for Super Bowl. So I'll I'll keep you posted. But we got some ideas. All of them are going to be delicious. (laughs) It's weird. Don't use the wrong kind of stove. Or at least don't tweet it out because people are going to get mad at you. Also, it's... She cracks herself up. I wish anyone made me laugh as much as Kamala Harris makes herself laugh. She, Jared, she can't even get out the statement. <laughs> Go Niners. <laughs> what? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I don't know what's going to be on her menu this weekend, but I tell you what's going to be on mine. And what's going to be on mine is burgers and hot dogs for the big game. That's what you need. And that's what Omaha Steaks can deliver. But Jared, it's not just burgers and hot dogs. It's not just delicious steaks. It's also pork chops and chicken, which is why this deal, omahasteaks.com slash grace, is so great. Because you're going to get four free chicken breasts 
for free pork chops and everything else you can choose and you can find the best food possible for a great price and you save yourself a trip to the grocery store which i think based off what i'm hearing based off this weekend it's going to be pretty crowded there yeah omaha steaks says it's the best steak you'll ever taste and they are not lying everything from omaha steaks has been the best of what it is like i say the chicken and the pork chops that come with this deal the chicken tastes like chicken and if you've had real chicken then you know what i'm talking about it's absolutely worth it and they have some even great sides some great desserts, some outside-the-box stuff, and they're ever-expanding the things they offer. So there really is something for everybody. I love the hot dogs. Y'all be franks are my favorite. The steaks, the bacon-wrapped filet is phenomenal. The burgers are great. They still have the the steak burgers up there, like all the different types of steak uh, made into burgers from the the burger flight. So anything you get from Omaha Steaks, you're going to love and you're going to enjoy. And take advantage of this deal because getting quality... And quality tasting chicken and pork is a lot tougher to do these days. Yes, it is. And with this deal, like I said, you're going to get four free chicken breasts, four free pork chops. OmahaSteaks.com slash Grace. Get ready for the game. And also just have stuff ready to go for the wintertime. It's nice to be able to go home and figure out what you're going to do right beforehand and not have to stress about going to the grocery store, picking through things, and trying to figure it out. So here's what I want you to do. Go to OmahaSteaks.com slash grace and you'll pick up those eight freebies omahasteaks.com slash grace minimum purchase may apply we'll be right back you're listening to the grace curly show this is the grace curly show Today's car crossover is brought to you by ReadyWise. With inflation, food, and energy costs rising, families are feeling the financial pinch as they struggle to make ends meet, and preparation is key. Our friends at ReadyWise have emergency food kits that will provide peace of mind. So go to ReadyWise.com and use code HOWIE20 at checkout to save 20% on your order. Howie joins me now. So, Howie, you've talked a lot on your show recently about how Biden has been either referencing leaders who are dead or mixing leaders names up kjp was asked about this today and she said that a lot of people do this it's very common other leaders do it all the time like who for instance i don't think any of the reporters asked her for a for instance but things are that's kind of the logical (laughs) follow-up isn't it yeah, it's just, it's really, really bad. And she had no real response to this. And the other part of it, too, how he is now I'm hearing that his campaign staff thinks it's a good idea to have him on the campaign trail eating all the time. From your experience watching candidates, how does that usually play out for people? Well, I, I would watch it. Remember Donald Trump talking about uh, John Kasich in uh, 2016 when he was going around to what, to New York? And he, he would just uh, just stuff his face, and then he, and then this Donald Trump said, and then he tells him, pack a bag of cannolis to go, and he said he said, that's the first thing I told my my young son Baron, don't speak with your mouth full. Nobody ever told that to Kasich, the son of a mailman. Was he raised in a barn? But how you also, I mean, you've written about this before with Mike Dukakis. There are certain rules. Don't take a picture with a hat on. He wore the hard hat backwards. It's like who's ever running his campaign is telling him to do the opposite. 
By the way, he came up with a new existential threat yesterday. And at one stop, it was the usual. It wasn't climate change. It was the climate is the existential change. Then it became Donald Trump at the next stop. Oh, don't forget white supremacy as well. Howie Carr is coming up next. Next.